0: Welcome to the CC Broadcast, a part of Christian Crusaders Radio and Internet Ministries. This week we'll be hearing from our associate radio preacher, Pastor Tim Butker, and his message,
1: Called to be Free. It's great to have you with us as we turn our hearts towards the Lord together in worship and praise and open up our hearts to the teaching of His Word. You know, as we head towards the Fourth of July celebration here in these United States, we... reminding ourselves of the signing of the Declaration of Independence when those who went before us pledged to themselves their lives, their fortunes, and their sacred honor for this cause of freedom. You know, there is a universal thirst for freedom in the heart of almost every human being. Throughout history, people of nearly all cultures have had some sense of valuing, desiring, and pursuing freedom in different ways. This week and next, we're going to look at this very nuanced topic of freedom from the scriptures. We're going to look at what God has said to us about freedom and where he stands in this topic of freedom. And We just ask that you would have your hearts open to him and let him be speaking to you by the power of his spirit and the teaching of his word. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you for this chance to gather, to come before you and worship you in song and open your word and be available to the working of your spirit. We ask that you would minister to us in a way that only you can. We thank you for the gift of your son Jesus and the great hope that we have in him. It is in his name that we pray, Amen. amen. began his earthly ministry, he went to Nazareth, his hometown, the town that he grew up in, and he entered the synagogue, and a scroll was handed to him. and he, he opened it to the prophet Isaiah, and he read Luke 4, verse 18 through 21, The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners, and recovery of sight for the blind, and to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Galatians 5.13 tells us this, You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh, but rather serve one another humbly in love. In 2 Corinthians 3.17, The Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Yeah 30 years ago, the eyes of the world were drawn to the dramatic rescue of two stranded gray whales in Alaska. The Alaskan winter had arrived early that year with an ever-increasing covering of solid ice that eventually cut off the whales from the open sea. A few kind-hearted Eskimos with chainsaws attempted to slice through the ice to preserve a breathing hole For the whales. Now, media outlets picked up on what was happening here and they broadcast the Eskimos' valiant efforts. And soon, volunteers arrived from all around the area with heavy machinery and a determination to free the whales. But the volunteers' energy was soon exhausted. And so, the National Guard sent helicopters to drop five ton concrete bashers to break up the ice around the whales. And then In a joint effort with the United States and the Soviet Union, the Soviet Union agreed to dispatch two massive ice-breaking ships to carve a channel, so the whales could swim free. This this whole effort of the whales required or or called forth the combined effort of two governments, three weeks of heavy labor, and a cost of back then, even 30 years ago, over one. Million dollars, maybe you remember if you if you were alive back then seeing some clips of this on the evening news. This story really hints at the the longing the passion, the desire the 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 love that human beings have for freedom for freedom there 's this universal thirst, longing, desire for freedom. In the human heart. As a matter of fact, throughout history, people of nearly all cultures have had some sense of valuing and desiring and pursuing freedom in its many different ways. In their, in their organizing of governments, their organizing of communities, their, their artwork and the creation of art and writings and behaviors and how people operate. There's this longing, this thirst for freedom. You know, as we're heading towards the 4th of July now and the, the Independence Day celebration, the celebration here in the United States of, of our freedoms that we enjoy, that our forefathers fought for these, these two weeks, this week and next week on, on uh, the CC broadcast here, we're talking about this nuanced topic of freedom. You know, some people define freedom, as we see with the whales there, as, as a as being free from external restraints, the restraints of the ice. And freedom, you know, a prisoner is not free because of the external cell restraint, but freedom from prison is to physically move out of prison. Others like the Greeks of antiquity, and often what we think of, you know, around the July 4th time, is the view of freedom in a political sense, of The freedom of people to operate in a nation and and make their own choices and and move forward with their own creativity. But the freedom in the Old Testament is focused primarily, you know, in in many different ways, but primarily on freedom from slavery. In a sin-sick world, slavery happens and oppression happens. And the Old Testament focuses on people being freed from slavery. And it's a foreshadowing of the New Testament when God came among us to, to free human beings from that deep enslavement inside of us to what the scripture refers to as our nature of sin or our enslavement to, to an old nature, an old, old Adam inside of us. And then also freeing us from, from the evil one, the clutches of the evil one and the power of death. And so as we head towards the 4th of July, it's a great time to remind ourselves of the of the gift of freedom that God brings to us in, in its many different forms and, and refresh ourselves on what the Scripture says about it. You know, they signed the Declaration of Independence in 1776, and then 11 years later in 1778— those that went before us and, and made all these sacrifices and pledged to themselves their lives, their fortunes, and their sacred honor because of this lust, this desire, this urgency for freedom that they were feeling, this universal thirst. They they signed the Constitution and the First Amendment, and these worked to protect five basic freedoms, the freedom of speech, the freedom of religion, the freedom of press, the freedom of assembly, and the freedom to petition the government. And these five freedoms have have made the people of the United States among the freest in the history of the world. And this has unleashed human creativity at a potential never-before-seen. And this is a gift from Almighty God. And these, these freedoms should be guarded. You know, the Second Amendment and the, the Bill of Rights, and the first ten amendments, actually, they formed this foundation for freedom and undermined slavery itself. And this country has released so many from oppression. We're not perfect by any means. But there's no perfect organized government in the history of the world. And the unleashing that has happened in the United States is worth celebrating. And When we look at what the scripture says about freedom, we see some real basic tenets that are true there. God has revealed to us numbers of things about freedom. One, he said that he is, he is really pro-freedom. 2 Corinthians 3.17 says, The Lord is the Spirit. Now, you can't see Him. He's a Spirit. But where the Spirit of the Lord is, you can sense Him like the wind. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, the Scripture says, There is freedom. Where God is near, more freedom breaks out on all different kinds of fronts. The evidence that God is pro-freedom is there at the very beginning in creation. In Genesis chapter 2, we read that the Lord God took man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and care for it. And the Lord commanded the man, you're free. You're free to eat from any tree in the garden except for one. If you eat of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, you will certainly die. But other than that, you're free to eat from any tree. A little bit later... Genesis chapter 2, he said, the Lord formed out of the ground all the wild animals, all the birds in the sky, and he brought them to the man to see what he would name them. And whenever the man called each living creature, that was its name. So the man gave names to all the livestock, the birds in the sky, and all the wild animals wired into his original design. God put in the human heart, in his creation of human beings, made in his image as a free God. He put into our hearts the freedom of thought, the freedom of expression, the freedom of choice. God is pro-freedom. As a matter of fact, when you go through the Old Testament, you see evil start to ensnare the Israelite, God's chosen people. We see then that God is against slavery and oppression so clearly. When he came to Moses it recorded for us Exodus 3, verse 7 through 10, I've indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I've heard them crying out because of their slave drivers. I'm concerned about their suffering, so I've come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians. The cry of the Israelites has reached me, he said. I have seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them, so now go. I'm sending you, he said to Moses, to Pharaoh, to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt, out of captivity, and into freedom. When Jesus came among us, we see it in the New Testament. And he started his earthly ministry. He went to Nazareth. He picked up a scroll. And he read that scroll which said, The Spirit of the Lord is on me. Where the Spirit of the Lord, there is freedom. The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. God is pro-freedom, but because we turned against him, and were tempted and used our freedom in a way that was dishonoring to him then this enslavement entered the world sin entered the world and the evil one started to get a foothold in human life and in the world and so now the, this battle between our freedom and our enslavement at every level of existence continues to wage it's a war A war going on between freedom and enslavement, spiritually, mentally, emotionally, politically. And it's all around us, this battle. And so we see clearly as we read the scriptures that God is pro-freedom. But because of this battle, a freedom once gained that God can give to us and move us into is not indefinitely secured. We see this pattern through his people throughout history. They they move into freedom and they misuse that freedom and, and they don't keep it. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free, Paul writes. We should stand firm in it, be courageous in it. We shouldn't let ourselves slip back and be burdened again by the yoke of slavery, this pattern of history. Keep this in mind when you think about our nation. It's something we have to keep fighting for. The evil one hates the freedom and the life that's been unleashed in freedom. He hates this. A newly found freedom cannot be always comfortably walked in. I found this to be true when I went off to college and I experienced an enormous amount of freedom that first year. I know when my folks pulled out of the parking lot my freshman year and and I had this sense of I'm totally on my own now. I can make my own choices, do what I want, manage my own time. That kind of freedom can be overwhelming to people who've never experienced it. There's such a thing as a chained elephant syndrome where, where an elephant that's chained when it's younger gets so used to being enslaved by that chain and they grow older, they they don't even know they could walk free. They wouldn't have the the capacity to do it, and human beings can be the same. We can go so used to our enslavement that we don't know how to walk in freedom, or maybe we don't even want to. You know, when God freed the Israelites from Egypt and he had them out in the desert and Moses, Aaron were, Moses and Aaron were leading them, the scripture tells us the whole congregation of the sons of Israel started to grumble against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness there. And they said to them, we Would that we had died at the Lord's hands in the land of Egypt, it would have been better. We sat there dependent on Egypt, not free, but we had food, pots of meat, and we ate to the full. And That wasn't always the case, but they looked back on their enslavement and, and some of the dependents and people taking care of them there. It wasn't what they thought, but the new freedom was too much for them to handle. King Solomon wrote, a, a dog sometimes returns to its vomit. Or a sow that is washed sometimes returns to wallowing in the mud. And so a a free person sometimes doesn't like the responsibility of freedom and will go back to their enslavement, enslavement of almost any kind. But the scripture says it is for freedom that Christ came to set us free. And we should not let ourselves be burdened again and go back into slavery. God is pro-freedom, and there's this battle for freedom between freedom and enslavement that's waging all the time in the world around us. And this freedom to walk in, it takes faith and courage and discipline and persistence and responsibility to achieve and to maintain. And this is why, and this is a story, uh, the signing of the Constitution. After Dr. Benjamin Franklin signed the Constitution, he he left the Constitutional Convention and was walking outside when Mrs. Power of Philadelphia asked him, well, Dr., what have we got—a republic or a monarchy? Doctor Franklin re- replied to Miss Power, "You have a republic, if you can keep it, because a freedom once gained is not a freedom indefinitely secured. There's a there's a war going on around freedom and slavery, and where there is freedom, people will abuse it, and when we abuse it, we start to lose it because we use." Freedom indulgently and selfishly and immorally, we're actually moving back towards slavery. People think that being free to do what they want to do, whatever lust they have in their heart is what they want, but ultimately those lusts can take over and enslave them yet again. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, the Scripture says, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. We have the right to to do anything, the Scripture says, but not everything is beneficial and we shouldn't become mastered by everything. Freedom is a precious gift to be guarded, to be steward, not to be abused and not to hurt others with. But ultimately, freedom is not the final goal. The final goal of moving into freedom is something far more important than freedom. Freedom allows this goal to happen. The end goal, the scripture says, is not freedom, though God is pro-freedom. The end goal of freedom is love. It's love. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but we shouldn't use our freedom in a selfish way to do whatever we want. But we should use that freedom to serve one another humbly in love. We should be careful, the scripture says, how we exercise our freedoms. We shouldn't flaunt them in front of others. Think about our culture and what's happening in our culture, friends. We're living and celebrating very often a freedom that's not biblical. It's a, it's, it's a mirage. It's something that will lead us back into slavery. We shouldn't flaunt our freedoms. We we should be responsible in our freedoms. We should honor God with our freedoms, live in a moral, upright way before him with the freedoms we have, and ultimately use the freedoms to serve one another in love. God is pro-freedom. There's a battle waging between freedom and enslavement all around our world. It takes courage and faith and discipline to walk in this freedom. And as we do it, ultimately, we're walking in it so that we might fulfill the greatest commandment of loving the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And then the second commandment is like it, Jesus said, to turn and love our neighbor as ourselves. Friends, freedom is given to us to, to be responsible with, to serve Almighty God with so that we might glorify and honor and praise him. And then as we have this connection with him and his love grows in our hearts, we can pour that love out to those around us. This is what it means to be the salt of the earth, the light of the world, to experience the freedom, the glorious freedom of the children of God through the work of his spirit in our lives. Once we come to be forgiven for our sin and and that sin is done away with and atoned for, we're set free from the power of sin and the freedom of God's spirit can work in our lives and flow through us like rivers of living water. So, we might pour that love out to those around us with kindness and patience and gentleness and truth and love friends this is the goal of freedom and what a glorious design god has for us that we walk in freedom loving one another and loving him this will not be perfectly experienced till heaven but we're called to do what we can to live in this freedom now and use that freedom in loving and caring for one another. There's an unquestionable correlation between the Spirit of God being present and freedom. We need more of this Spirit in our nation being poured out. As we head towards the 4th of July, let's pray for that end. Heavenly Father, thank you for this time to turn to you and ask you to, to pour your Spirit out upon us and bring freedom Into our land. Help us maintain the freedoms we have, expand those freedoms, and call people to want to steward them well and honor you with the freedoms you've given us. All this comes as a gift from your hand and through the shed blood of your Son, Jesus, in in whose name we pray. Amen. Oh God, our help in ages
2: past, our hope for years to come. Our shelter from the stormy blast, and our eternal home
3: under
2: the shadow of Thy throne, still may we dwell secure, sufficient. Before the hills in order stood, or earth received her frame. From everlasting thou art God, to endless years the same.
0: Hi, this is Matt Reister, Executive Director of Christian Crusaders Radio and Internet Ministry. Thanks for tuning in to today's broadcast. Please give us your feedback by emailing info at christiancrusaders.org or calling our office at 319-277-0924. Our primary goal is to proclaim Jesus Christ as Redeemer of the world and to promote the truth of God's Word. In addition to this weekly broadcast, we want to mention a couple podcasts which you can listen to for free on our website, ChristianCrusaders.org, or on our mobile app, the Christian Crusaders app, which can be downloaded from the Google Play Store or the Apple App Store. The first podcast is a Bible overview devotion called the CC Podcast Daily Dose Devotions. The second podcast features inspiring interviews with interesting Christians. It's called the CC Podcast Conversations. In fact, we have an interview with today's preacher, Tim Butker, and his son, Ike, about Ike's journey to the National Football League. There's also an interview with world-renowned Christian singer and songwriter, Michael DeBia Smith. You can listen to that entire interview and several others, as well as our daily Bible overview devotion and this broadcast, along with broadcasts from former preachers, dating back more than a decade on our website, christiancrusaders.org or on our free mobile app. Today you've been listening to the CC Broadcast, a transmission of Christian Crusaders radio and internet ministries. We're one of America's longest running ministries on the air since 1936. Our ministry is completely donor funded and donations are tax deductible. We are grateful for any donations which can be sent to 7401 University Avenue, Cedar Falls, Iowa, 50613 or made online at christiancrusaders.org. Thank you for tuning in to the CC Broadcast. We'll be here again next week at the same time, and until then, may God richly bless you.